Hey there, podcast listeners. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader or investor. Wealth Within was voted number three for stock market podcasts globally in 2018, so I hope you enjoy listening. We cover topics from trading to investing, as well as wealth creation to ensure you can achieve your financial goals. Because as we always say, lifestyle matters. As a global leader in stock market education, you can fast track your journey towards financial freedom by studying with Wealth Within. If you'd like more information about our government accredited courses or to watch more analysis of the stocks in this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the market report videos under the Learning Center. Please note that the information in this podcast should not be considered personal financial advice. Australian tech stocks outperform their American counterparts. Now, I'm constantly hearing from retail traders to buy US tech stocks as they are more exciting and make more money, but do they really? Well, today we'll look at the facts. Hello and welcome to this week's Australian Stock Market Report. Now, this week we will look at the Australian and US technology stocks, then we'll get into the market so I can share with you my thoughts on the Australian stock market where it's heading along with answering all of your questions and more importantly, looking at stocks for you. I'm Dale Gillam, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within and we're Australia's most trusted stock market educators. Now, before we move on, thank you for showing your support for our channel and hitting that subscribe button. Now remember, as you subscribe, click the bell on the right of it so you keep up to date with our latest videos. Also, remember to tune in to our live Australian stock market show, which we do every Tuesday, 7 to 8 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. Now, this really is the show where you get to ask, ask the stock market education and trading experts to look at your favorite stocks and answer all of your most burning questions, which I know you do have. Now, over the past six months, the majority of our workforce has worked from home with a significant number on JobKeeper payments that the federal government's been putting out. And according to a report from ASIC, this has resulted in a large influx of new investors and traders into the stock market. Now, when we look at what these new entrants have been buying, they have largely had a fascination with technology stocks. And with it, we've seen a big uptake in Australians buying US tech stocks. But is this a wise choice, or are many investors simply just following the herd? Now, when talking about US technology stocks, invariably, most people think of stocks such as Facebook, Apple, Amazon, Netflix, Google, uh, which are all known as the FANG stocks, with many investors who invest in the US stocks, or these US stocks, holding one or more of these companies. But so, how do Australian technology companies stack up in comparison to their US counterparts? Well, in Australia, the technology stocks comprise stocks such as WiseTech, Global, Appen, Altium, Afterpay Touch, and Zero, and these are known or otherwise known as the WAC stocks here in Australia. So in the US, you've got the FANG stocks. In Australia, we've got the WAC stocks. Now, you may be surprised to learn that since the 1st of January to the 30th of September this year, FANG stocks returned a gross capital gain of 220.21%, whilst the Australian WAC stocks, they achieved a return of 264.81%, or around 20% better. Yes, the Australian WAC stocks beat the US FANG stocks for performance. 
And I'll show you this when I get into the charts. I'm actually going to bring up the FANG stocks and the WAC stocks just to show you really what the performance was this year. Now, whilst this is only a snapshot in time and is no way conclusive evidence of one market performing better than the other, what it does highlight is that the myth that investing in offshore markets makes you more money. Because those new to the markets are led to believe that investing in US tech stocks is better than investing in Australian tech stocks, but unfortunately, none of that's true. But I do understand being able to say you invest offshore in the US or in companies like Apple, that may sound sexier than saying you only trade in Australia, so I do really understand that. But isn't the goal to make money at the lowest risk? Now the ASX is well regulated and lists some of the world's best companies, so whilst some world markets may outperform our market for short periods over the long term, it not only holds its weight but outperforms nearly all other world markets in terms of returns. As the book Triumph of the Optimist, 101 Years of Global Investment Returns, released by Princeton University Press nearly 20 years ago, and it was updated in 2018 and it reveals the Australian stock market is in the top three best performing markets in the world with the US market much further down the list. In fact, the original research, Australia was number one and I think South Africa was number two with the US at number seven. I think Australia is now number two or number three um, and the US is still around number seven. So Australia does, on history and historical sense over 100 years, it does beat the US market over long periods of time. So whilst markets get out of sync, they will um, come back to roughly um, equal again. And that's what happens with the Australian and the US markets. Now, based on these facts, you really do have to question why anyone would want to increase their risk to sacrifice better returns by investing um, outside of Australia. So what are the best and worst performing sectors last week? Well, let's get into those right now. Information technology was the best performer and that was up 2.5% followed by communication services and consumer discretionary, which were both down 1.08% and 1.46% respectively. The worst performing sectors included energy, and that was down 6.94%, utilities down 4.94%, and consumer staples, well, that was down 4.88% last week. If we go and look at the ASX top 100 stocks for last week, the best performers included Giannis Henderson Group, which was up a whopping 16.73% on news that Trian Fund Management had taken a stake in the business. Next up was Borrell, that was up 6.76%, with Qantas Flight Center Zero and Reliance Worldwide Corporation all up over 5% last week. Getting to the worst performers in the ASX Top 100, they included the A2 Milk Company, which was down 18.53% after analyst downgrades, followed by the Bank of Queensland down 9.5% and Oil Search down 9.35%. So it's interesting, you have a lot of people that were trying to catch a falling knife by getting into A2 Milk last week, and I would suggest that's probably not a wise thing to do right now, but so, so what do I actually expect in our stock market moving forward? Well, let's get into the charts for our S&P 500 All Lord News Index update for this week. We'll also answer your questions and a look at the stocks that you've chosen for me. Well, again, we had another interesting week on the Australian stock market. Uh, the first part of the week was up a little bit and it was technically an up week in terms of technical analysis. And I'll show you that on the chart in a second, but we did have a higher high than the prior week and, and a higher low than the prior week, even though we did close lower than the prior week. And that all sounds a little bit confusing, doesn't it? But well, let's go and have a look at the chart and actually I'll explain it to you. So, and I'll explain why it is, it's technically an up week, but it could be the up week that I was expecting before full 
further falls away into the lows that I have been expecting. But let's get onto the chart right now. Um, on your screen, you can see our monthly, this is already a weekly chart of the All Ordinaries Index. So what I was saying there just a minute ago, here's the prior week. So that was the week ending the 25th of September. And you can see here that there was a high of 6149 points and a low of 5951 points. So it, it actually went higher and lower than the preceding week. So, uh, so you can see the high and the low of that week there. But so the week ending the 25th of September actually trade a little bit higher and it trade a little bit lower. Last week, you can see here our high was 6181.6 points compared to the previous week, 6149. So it traded higher. So initially it moved up in the week to start. So that's why the bar is colored green. And then it traded down. So it was up on Monday. I was up on Tuesday, but looking decidedly weak. And if I go on to the week daily chart, you'll actually see what I'm talking about here. So here's your Monday. Monday at it pushed up, made a bit more of a higher high than the previous day, came down and closed lower. Tuesday it opened up, pushed, tried to push really high and then came right down, back down to here to close down at 6141. Again, again showing weakness right through here. Wednesday, big down day on our market, down is 132 point range, opening on its high and closing on its low, you can see there. Um, big, big, big down day. Then we've got Thursday, our market traded up, looking a little bit better because the US wasn't as bad. Bad. And then on Friday on the news, and this is what the media said, and this is really where I have an issue with the media. You know, I, I think I, I, I walked up to, um, to my wife on the Friday afternoon and she said, oh, the news is saying that, that the stock market's crashed. I said, no, it hasn't. It's just gone down a couple of percent today because of Trump. Uh, the news the news we just heard late in the day that Trump had COVID-19, but it didn't trade below the low of the day the week before. So how is that a crash? So you find that the media actually sensationalizes things. This is a 99-point range. I'm not saying it's not a big pullback, but in percentage terms, if I go and use my cool little tool, you can see here, if I look at that from the close the day before to the close on Friday, it was 1.42%. How many times have we seen a 1.42% fall in our market over the last couple of months? And it's several times. And this is where I, I do have issues with media inflating it um, or um, over-emotionalising what's actually going on. Do I still think our market's going to fall away? Yeah, I do. I still think we're falling away. And I'll go back to the weekly chart. And you can see it's just doing a nice orderly move down. And in fact, if we go and use my tool again, you can see from that high of 6369 up till last Friday, our market's fallen 6%. So there's nothing major. And the crash is 20%. I do expect our market to fall down to at least that area there around 65628 and possibly down to 54. But I would suggest we probably, this will probably pull it up around 5628, which from where it is right now, it's not a major thing, nothing too much to be worried about. But what I would caution people is jumping in on stocks like I mentioned a little bit earlier in the report, you know, A2 milk, you know, we're talking about from the market's got about another 6% to go. So basically double where it go, is going to go to that level of support that I'm thinking of it might go to. Is it possible for our market just to turn around and go up from here and, and, and go up through here and then be bullish for the next three or four months? Yeah, it is. Um, but right now, I don't think that's likely. I think it's more likely that we'll get down to sort of, we may not even hit 5, 6, 2, 8. We might get close to it, but, uh, and then start to turn up.
up. But right now, I wouldn't be getting into it. But again, you know, a lot of people last week were buying A2 milk, you know, in terms of they said, oh, wow, it's gone down a bit. I'll jump into it because it's been a spectacular stock. And then it kept falling. So people are getting caught catching a falling knife. Now, I'm not suggesting A2 milk is going to continue to fall away um, big time. I'm not even going to look at the stock at this point in time. But what I do say is just be careful when the market is a little bit more bearish. And I'm not saying we're overly bearish and, and there's the degrees of bearishness and there's degrees of bullishness it's merely but how how happy are you or how angry are you and there are degrees of that and this is where a lot of people will watch these reports and take what Janine and I do out of context and it happens so often and all that means is it's a sign of the person's ignorance actually how the market unfolds and they're saying all sorts of things like you said this well no I didn't actually say that if you actually understand what we're talking about and the analysis that we're putting, you can understand that there's never 100% um, guarantee of a direction or something happening. So whilst I'm thinking the market will fall down to those levels, it may not, and that's the point. So so whilst right now the, the direction is down, and, and I think the direction will continue to be down, for at least another couple of weeks, maybe three weeks. That's generally what I think is going to happen. How far it falls is not really relevant to me at the moment. It's just making sure that we protect the downside. If we get triggers to exit stocks, we do that. Um, and we're just more careful about taking anything on as buying opportunities. So, But I am setting myself up and looking at watch lists and, and putting stocks on the watch list to come back in because there's some great buying opportunities I believe we'll probably have in November. But that's what I would suggest you do right now. Just be a little bit patient. Don't try and catch stocks on dips at the moment just wait to see what happens because anything is possible on our market it could fall a little bit harder but let's now get into the questions that we've got from you for this week and have a look at some of those stocks now we had we really did have a lot of questions this week and we didn't have time to answer all of them but uh, let's get into our first question I do actually thank everybody that sent a question in and uh, then when there's way too many I think I'd be here for a couple of hours answering questions but the first question that we have today is from somebody called Tom and he says since the 23rd of March NAB gain in value 27.5% CBA just 18% and so, so a stock has one stock's gone up 27%, CBA's just gone up 18%. Should I sell CBA and buy NABs? Obviously, he's bought one stock and not the other. And, and the answer to that question is I'm going to show you both stocks. We'll bring that up in a second. But no is the answer. You don't get out of one stock. You're actually making money on CBA. 18% since March is very good return. Yeah, NAB's done a, a little bit better. But this is a question that people ask me all the time. They go, I've got these three stocks. Which one should I buy? And what they're actually asking me is which one will perform better? And what you do is it's like anything if you see like Let's say you see a race. Quite often or not, you might have something leading for a while, then they slow down and the next one moves up. And that's what happens. And you've got this movement of stocks all of the time. Some stocks will perform better for three, four, five weeks or three months or six or 12 months, but then they'll slow down. And what happens is, is what with our psychology is the, the stock will start to rise up. And people that could have bought it for 30% cheaper four months ago or five months ago or six months ago, go remember that and they go, wow, it's getting a bit overheated now. Maybe there's not as much in that. So I'll go and get into another stock that's not, it's been held back. 
and I'll get into that. And then that'll catch up because everybody's slowed down on buying this stock that has performed to get into this other one. And we also need to remember that the big end of town are the ones that are really putting more of the money into it. So if they think NAB's being fully valued or getting to overvalued, they'll start buying that and I'll be buying other banks if they need a bank. And it could be CBA or it could be Westpac or it could be ANZ or it could be Bendigo, it could be one of the other banks. So they'll do that. But it's not a case of, oh, I'm going to sell out of that one and get into that one because this one's risen 27%. You can't buy yesterday's returns. You can only look at tomorrow's. And who's to say in the next six to nine to 12 months that CBA won't outperform um, National Bank? And in fact, if you go back 30 years or 40 years in history and you go and look at historical returns of uh, CBA and compare them against National Bank, you would be buying CBA every single day. Uh, it's just absolutely slams National Bank. Out of the big top four stocks since CBA floated back in the 90s, I think it was 90. Two, but don't quote me on that. I can't exactly remember. But since '92, CBA has outperformed all the other four big banks. Always, uh, NAB's been the worst performer of the top four over the last 30 years. So, if you said to me which stock should I buy long term, I'd always be go out of CBA and NAB. I'd always be saying NAB. Uh, sorry, CBA. Sorry, 100% of the time I'd see saying CBA. But right now, NAB's doing great. So stay with it until it tells you to get out of it. But we do now have a question from somebody. Oh, sorry, I meant to bring up the stocks for you and show you that. So before I do that, let me have a look at NAB. Here's NAB on the screen right now, and look at there on the weekly chart. And you can see the low there back there in March, which you were talking about, $13.20 low. Um, looking at this, it's, it's, it's had a big run up through to that high there in June. But since then, it's just been drifting down. And last week didn't perform that well. But let's have a look at CBA. Um, and you can see a little bit of a different picture. CBA again moved from that low right down there at 53.44. Moved up strongly. You can see a longer move right through up there into August. So it moved up stronger right through to August. It's just had a bigger dip down here into that September low. It is looking a little bit more bearish. But uh, as a banks, I preferred CBA over NAB, as I was saying just before. But right now, I think you know, I wouldn't be getting out of NAB to get into CBA because both of them are looking a little bit bearish and looking like they'll fall a little bit more. But thank you very much for the question. It really is a good question. And the next one we got is from Ash. And Ash is asking, could you please share your opinion on, on APX, which is Appen, which is one of the wax stocks that I talked about in my report. So let's go and have a look at Appen. And we'll see what's going on. And the, the wax stocks are doing really, really, really well. Appen has come off its high here. And I think possibly uh, you might be looking, if you own it, you might be looking at whether it's got further to fall. If you don't own it, because you haven't told me, um, whether you'd sort of buy on the dip. Now, obviously, that high at 43.66 there. Stock came right down through into a couple of weeks ago, actually, down to that $30.94. And interesting, it's a little bit weak through there. And if I just expand that up, I'm up. You're not telling me whether you're looking at buying it or you're holding it, so it really does make it a little bit more difficult. It hasn't done much the last couple of weeks, looking a little bit um, weak through here, so it wouldn't surprise me if it came down a little bit further. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if it came down sort of between $26 and $28 over the coming weeks. That said, I'd still be prepared for looking at this stock if it did give me some signs of strength, but that's going to be two to four weeks away at least, probably more like four to six weeks away before I get any signs that this will be a strong stock. But I do like app and out of, out of all of the stocks actually in the the wax stocks i'm actually a little bit more of a fan of 
of WiseTech. If you've been watching our Australian stock market show, you would have known that I've been pushing WiseTech a little bit more in terms of the WAC stocks. And the other stock I like in in this more technology space is um, Jumbo Interactive. That's the other one I like a little bit more. But right now, I don't think Appen is the one, If as I said, if you're not in it, I wouldn't be buying into it. If you are in it, I'd just be making sure I've got a stop loss on that just in case. Now, the next question we got is from Fancy Handwriting, who's asking, what do you think of CSL? I bought it at $280, and I would like to keep it long term. CSL is one of the best stocks you'll ever buy on the Australian Stock Exchange if you're looking for long term. CSL Cochlear, just absolutely brilliant year in after year. They will have some bearishness from them from time to time, but if you look at the the top performing stocks on our market, CSL and Cochlear are right up there with the best stocks on the market. So if you're looking at three to five to 10 years plus, then I can't see anything wrong with having CSL. But let's go and have a look at it, what it's doing short term. Um, so I do agree with your purchase. Short term, it's a little bit more bullish, uh, sorry, bearish. But looking at this, and I just want to show you what I mean. Look at this stock. It just goes up. It does have some periods where it goes sideways and down a bit, which it did through here to 2011. But it just goes up. You know, it went from $20 back in 2011 up to $340. So it's a great performing stock. Um, and it really is a good portfolio stuffer, if that makes sense. You know, it's just like one you, so there's something you put in your Christmas stockings that you do every single year. This is one of those ones you put it in your Christmas stocking. This one, Cochlear, as I said, is another one that it is also very good. Macquarie, if you like banks, Macquarie is the best performing bank and has been since the the GFC, it does really, really well, but it's a lot more volatile. So you've got to have probably a little bit more intestinal fortitude to go into a, into a Macquarie because it does have some bigger pullbacks. Right now, would I be getting into CSL? No, it's looking decidedly a bit more bearish. It has been bearish since back up here in February. Um, it did have a beautiful big rise here because a lot of people got into CSL because obviously what they actually do. Um, they're thinking about, you know, getting... Um, CSL would be manufacturing um, the COVID-19 antivirus, that sort of stuff, or uh, vaccination, etc. But right now, after last week, it's looking a little bit bearish. If it goes down below that low of 279.05, you bought it at 280, so you're not too bad. Uh, if it goes below this low here, 270, I would suggest it's going to go a hell of a lot lower. But I'd be looking for some strength here. I wouldn't be getting into it right now. But again, if you're looking at buy and hold for the long term, I don't have a problem with this stock. It really is good. Uh, the next question we have is from Stephen who says, Hi, Dale. I have been watching Mesoblast or MSB since March and it seems like gaining some momentum. I don't personally own the stock but would love to hear your analysis. He goes on to say, let's say I own the stock with a recent trading halt that resulted the stock to fall heavily the following day. There was a gap down of around 40%. Let's say I put a 15% stop loss with a gap down that much. In my experience, it wouldn't get executed. Is there a way to protect my downside should this kind of event occurs in my portfolio? Thank you. The only way you can do that, I will have a look at Mesoblast and that. And we do have a, a question I know now for Mesoblast on the live show tomorrow night. So watch tomorrow night because there's some stuff I want to talk to you about this sort of stuff. And it'll help you answer your question. But Mesoblast is a volatile stock. So if it falls 40%, you know, it stocks will do that. And, and my answer to that is that's just trading. 
if you're in the market, stocks will occasionally, you might have in, in a five or 10 year period, you're going to have one stock if you're in the market that's just going to fall out of bed on you for no reason at all. There's going to be an announcement or something happening that it's just going to do that. And so it's almost like suck it up, princess, if that makes sense without being rude to you. It just happens. What can you do to protect yourself? Well, you can take guaranteed stops. If you want to pay for those with a broker, you can pay a little bit of extra money to have a guaranteed stop underneath the price. Um, and most brokers will give you a guaranteed stop. It might be a few percent away. If you want to pay for it, that's fine. But that's pretty much one way. The other way is to hedge your stock or hedge your portfolios using something like CFDs or options or something that hedges the position for you. But again, I don't deem that's really, really relevant. If you understand strength and direction and you understand technical analysis, you'll get you'll avoid most, if not all of those, but occasionally you're going to get hit. And that's just the way it is in the marketplace because we can't control the market. All we can control is when we get in and when we get out. As long as you've got a stop loss on it, that'll protect you most times. It's not going to be 100% effective every single time because sometimes stocks will gap through that stop loss and you'll get executed at 20 or 30% or even in your case saying they're 40%. But really good question. But watch tomorrow night on our live show. We're going to go into that a little bit more. Now, the next question we have, oh, sorry, I meant to bring up Mesoblast. Jeez, I'm bit my bit of a sieve head today, aren't I? I'm forgetting to bring up the stocks. Look at Mesoblast and you can see this massive, massive bar last week. And obviously that's what you were talking about. And again, I will bring this up on the live show and, and with Janine and we'll talk about this a hell of a lot more but you can see look how volatile this is up and down all over the place if you're going to trade stocks like this and the thing is you want that big movements up because if I do my little tool here if you want movements like this that's 458 percent people then you're going to have to put up with movements like that and, and that's really about being in a volatile stock right now would i own mesoblast no would i be getting uh, looking at buying it possibly but i'd have a lot better rules than most people would have on it uh, because it's fallen so heavily it's not necessarily the time to get into it right now uh, and thinking it's going to do another 400 odd percent it's just probably not going to do that. The probability is not there that that will actually happen. So be very, very careful. Now, the next question we have is from somebody called Nate. He says, hi, Dale and Janine. If this makes Tuesday show, could you can please consider TCL? I'm going to answer it on here anyway. Um, I believe I've bought into early after re-examining the stock. I broke from a sideways trend in quarter three, 2018, and it rose strongly until COVID hit. It has recovered, but I fear it will find support at 1395 before heading back up. I purchased yesterday at 1520. I have a 15% stop loss so, so set, so not too concerned. Thank you for a great content. I look forward to it every single week. Thank you very much. Um, uh, he did, you did put the, the comment onto our um, report for last week, our market report last week. Normally with the live show, we talk about giving us a video, uh, sorry, not a, a video and an email. So we, we handle those first. But here's TCL Group and uh, looking at this stock, you can see here how it's it's just, a, this is a really, really good stock. And I wouldn't necessarily um, be upset at you owning this stock. It is a really, really nice stock. And, you know, you bought it, you said you bought it in 2018 and obviously COVID hit um, and you're in loss. And that's just part and parcel again of, owning and buying shares sometimes you'll get COVID-19 is not normal and I'll say that it's it's an event driven thing it's not normal it's not an economic one and when you get event driven pullbacks it will catch you out and probably the easiest one that I can um 
talk about is probably September 11th uh, in 2001, you know, 9-11, when the planes hit the buildings in New York and that disastrous day. A lot of things happened in those few days afterwards with the stock market because obviously, you know, New York, New York Stock Exchange, everything was shut. So there were stocks that fell out of bed during that. QB is one of them, and there was a quite a few others. So, and so that was an event-driven thing. Planes hit buildings. New York Stock Exchange was shut overnight, like just straight away it was shut. And it was shut for a little piece, for a piece of time. And that was an event that happened. And you can't predict events like that. You can't predict COVID doing what it did. You just, it's not possible. So you just have to make your... And that's why we say to people, you always got to have a plan of the what if. So what if it goes up? What if it goes down? And your rules are there to protect you most of the time, and it's like road rules. So everybody drives a car that's watching this, and when you're on the road, you have road rules, but do you... And I was only chatting to one of my best mates yesterday who his son just got their licence, and, you know, he's saying to his son, you know, don't go through red lights and da-da-da-da. And I said, mate, you've done that. You've sped, you've gone through a red light accidentally, you've gone through amber lights, you know, you've done silly things um, in the past because that's just human nature, and it's the same with the marketplace, you know, it's just human nature is things are not 100%. So even though we have road rules to say don't drive through a red light or don't, you know, don't stop at a green light, you know, there's stop signs for a reason. You stop at them, but not all the time you stop at them. Not all the, every time you'll give way. But it's the same with the marketplace. Whilst we do have rules around the market, not all the time they're going to work. And so these event-driven things like COVID will affect your portfolio. You've got a great stock if the analysis is there that says you should own it and hold it. If the fundamentals are behind that saying you should own it and hold it, then you own it and hold it. Um, you can have stop losses like we talk about. But let's right now, I think this stock is holding up beautiful compared to the rest of the marketplace. It's holding up very, very nicely after COVID. It's retraced a lot more than other stocks. Yes, it's a little bit weak this month so far. Nothing too major um, in terms of that. Last week it was a little bit more bearish. But as long as it holds up above that $13 and starts to move up again, I'd be really, really happy with this stock um, for you to hold that stock. So I wouldn't be too worried about it. Um, but thanks to everybody for sending in your emails or your questions, and we do really appreciate it. Um, Put your comments down below very, very much so. The more comments you put down below, the better and uh, the more we can cover. And you can see we did have quite a few interesting questions today that I can talk a little bit more about the market. I know most people just want me to talk about a stock to buy or sell, and that's what most people want to do. But it does pay you to learn, understand the market and learn more about it. But and as I said, we do appreciate you sending in your, your questions or putting your comments below. Remember to post your questions now, as the earlier you get them down there, the more likely we will cover it because, you know, last week we did get, well, often we get a lot of comments um, and I do start putting my questions into my script for today quite early. So the earlier you get your questions in, the more likely they are to be answered. So place your comments down there. But if you do have a question uh, that you'd like me to answer, I really am, just stick them below, as I said. Um, and But as we've talked about technology stocks today, so let me ask you a question. So what is your preferred technology stock in Australia and why. So I want Australian technology stocks. What's your preferred technology stock today? What would you buy 
and why would you buy it today? So remember, so put that comment down below and uh, we might bring that stock up next week and have a really, really good look at it. Or the one that's most popular, I think, is probably a better way of saying it. Remember, we do these reports every single Monday, every single week. We also do our live stream every Tuesday night at 7 to 8 p.m. Australian Eastern Time. So remember to get on tomorrow night because we're going to talk about Mesoblast tomorrow night, as, as I said before. Also, hit the subscribe button now. Click the bell on the right of it so you know when we upload our videos. That's it for my my report today. Thanks for watching. I'm Dale Gillen, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within. Goodbye, good luck, and good trading. Thanks for listening. This podcast is brought to you by Wealth Within, a global leader in stock market education. For more information on our courses or to listen to more Talking Wealth podcasts, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the Talking Wealth podcast under the Learning Centre.